Hello there. Welcome back to Jedi Knights. This is episode 18, season 2. Season 2. Season 2, episode 1, but we're not naming them that way because I want to see the big numbers. Yeah, exactly. You want to get up to like... 100. Yeah. Episode 100 of Jedi Knights. Yeah, so this is a spiritual season two. I'm your moderator, Christian Buckley, joined by my co-host, my co-pilot, Mike Connors. Your Chewbacca in yes. arms. Yes. yes. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be back. Me too. We had a basically a full month off. Yeah, it seems longer than that, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we haven't done this in like six months. but Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, a surprisingly, get this, large amount of Star Wars stuff happened while we were off. Wow, you think? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I will note this also, Pat Maroney, no longer on the show, but he's doing big things, so shout out to him. Yeah, he's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've, like, accidentally killed people on this show before, yeah. and just by the way that we introduced them, or mm-hmm. lack of introduction. Yeah, I saw this Twitter trend the other day to bring back Ben Solo. Oh, yeah. Should we start a Twitter trend to bring back Jack Martin? Because he's still in that weird limbo. We don't know what's up with him, right? Exactly. Hashtag save Jack Martin. Yeah, I'm going to tweet uh, tweet that <laughs> yeah, at him. Yeah, tweet that at, at ja- wait, what is at this? At Fascinated Jack. Yeah. No context. <laughs> Hashtag see, save Jack. See what happens. Uh, we're not going to do an opening segment this week because, like I said, there's a lot to do. Oh, a lot, lot to, to talk, talk about. about this week. Yep. Um, slightly different um lineup i guess of what we're doing compared to what our original yeah. line, run of show was i was gonna say should we should we f- for the people out there say what each episode's gonna be yeah so from now on. what we're doing now we're still gonna cover news and like the, the bigger stories of everything but uh we're continuing the trend of reviewing and watching stuff in the star wars universe that well, is canon what would jedi knights be without that of course uh, so the second half of the show every week is going to be discussing and reviewing a watch-along of Star Wars The Clone Wars, the acclaimed animated series. And um, we have some interesting things to say, so look forward to that in the second half of the show this week. Yeah. But first, we have a little bit of housekeeping to do for the end of season one of this show. We left off... Having seen The Rise of Skywalker once each. Having just seen it. Yeah, within 12 hours of recording that episode. Yeah. Um, Have you seen it again? I have. I've actually only seen it two times. Once with you guys, Mm -hmm. and then once after this. Me too. I've only seen it twice. I'm probably going to try to see it one more time before it's out of theaters. Yeah, I don't... When does it go out of theaters? I I feel like the, the meter is normally, like, within three months. Right. So what we got like till mid February maybe, potentially because I think when the last Jedi came out and that was also a December release, the Blu-ray I think was April and I think March it was nowhere except for small theaters. So yeah, February is probably your last chance to see it in theaters. Oh yeah, I'll definitely see it. But I want to ask you: with your second viewing, has anything changed from yeah. where you were? Oh yeah. Big okay. Time. I don't like this movie. <laughs> At all. Yeah. Uh, I think when we talked about it, like, immediately after seeing it, mm-hmm. we I was not as visceral in, like, my um, my hatred of this movie. Oh, hatred. I, all right. Hatred's not the right word. Disdain. Disdain. Yeah. Way better word. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I just don't like this movie. I don't either. I have to be honest. I really, yeah. Because I, I saw the second time with uh, my girlfriend who I got into Star Wars like probably 2015 or 16. Like around the time Force Awakens came out. 
and she listens to the show and I was telling her like, Hey, you might like it. I know you didn't love the last Jedi, but this is the, the discourse is split once again. Yeah. We when went, is it, when is it not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's that, that opening crawl that people were tweeting out before nine. It was like star Wars episode nine. People mad about Star Wars on the internet again. Yeah. Well, I mean, that just happens anytime. Forever, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So seeing it with her was interesting because there were choices she did not agree with. She was not a fan of everything. But, like, I enjoyed it a little more the second time just because, like, the heart was already broken from the first viewing, you know? Like, it, it couldn't get worse for me. Right. It was more of, like... Just let me see what they did, you know? Let me deal with what we have. Well, the first time you watch it, you kind of... Well, you don't know what's going to happen, so you're more invested in, like, each, like, story beat. Mm-hmm. You see it a second time, you're not as focused on that because you already know what's going to happen, so you can t- pay more attention to the smaller details. Yeah. I, I think stuff in the third act hit harder for me this time. Like, it was cool seeing the entire finale go off. I wasn't a huge fan of it the first time, and I still think that some of the choices they made were a little ridiculous Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like there was something that gave me chills that didn't the first time it might have been like the shot of all the ships Uh, yeah there's some cool moments yeah because it's not yeah and like uh everything with ben solo still loved seeing him return um the one word of dialogue he had that's like i don't i don't know like that he doesn't do anything like his his death is like or his redemption doesn't mean anything yeah i i enjoy the subtlety and the performance of adam driver in his actions like i i like uh, that like the han solo-ness of ben solo is there like the no looking blowing away the guy i like that moment and the the the, like the the shrug shrug, yeah yeah so i have to say that my my thoughts on the rise of skywalker are so low that I, solo <laughs> solo they're 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 so like I, I i let me just say that i like the last jedi a lot more now we won ladies and gentlemen i think you did really because okay i didn't really like the last jedi before i saw the rise of skywalker in the hopes that maybe the rise of skywalker would fix some things from the last jedi and did it no it just like retconned most of it and th- threw it in the trash <laughs> And just disrespected Ryan Johnson. Yeah. By the way, saw Knives Out. Loved it. Heard, Very good. Heard good things. Recommended. Okay. Good. Good to know. Uh, filmed in Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very close to my hometown, too. Yeah. But I think The Last Jedi, for me at least, has a little bit more. It holds a little bit more resonance. Yeah. I. You know I agree with you there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was that's that's the biggest shift for me, mm-hmm. I think. For sure. And yeah, while I did enjoy more things, I'm pretty much same same boat as you. Yeah. Not a big fan. Um, but this isn't a time to be negative. We're back talking Star Wars and Star Wars is great. Oh yeah, Star Wars is great. So I don't think I talked to you about this much. But the f- the ending of The Mandalorian. Are you a fan? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah spoilers on the table now for Mandalorian season one. Spoilers you've had for everything. Yeah, you've had a full month since the show ended, so we're gonna be pretty open right now. Uh, do we? There were two episodes left yeah. from where we talked, right? I think we left off. W- we watched the one with Bill Burr. I yes. Think. 
and then after that are the last two. Yeah. So were you, as someone who vocally wanted to see more of the Werner Herzog plot, uh, the stuff with the the remnants of the Empire, mm-hmm. were you satisfied by the way that thread was dealt with? Yeah, I think so. I my biggest concern, like halfway through the season, was that it kind of felt directionless. Mm-hmm. Um, he, they were just hopping from planet to planet, like just doing random side quests and stuff. Yeah, and I don't think many people would like disagree with you because that happened. I just enjoyed that. Like I was cool with it if it was just going to be that. No, I mean I I enjoy it in retrospect. I wouldn't have been cool with it if it was just going to be that. Mm-hmm. But I do like how the last two episodes kind of just like refocused the narrative mm-hmm. um and those those filler i don't want to even say filler because they're not really filler but those middle episodes just kind of act as like character development yeah or not even or character development and just like the showing how time has passed yeah yeah i agree for the most part um i did i think overall my favorite episode is still episode four it's the sorgan one like with the atst with the village yeah yeah I think that might still be my favorite. The finale is really good. The finale is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The last two episodes are really good. Yeah. Do you have a favorite between those two? Between the last two episodes? Yeah. The, the finale. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the finale is really good. Um, I really like. I've come acro- I've come around to um, the Bill Burr episode. Really? I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually rewatched it. Nice. It gives me like, I mean, it gives. It's obviously meant to, very horror vibes. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Yeah, I really like the uh, the shot choices they made, and like the very on the nose Mando like popping through the hallway on the the flashing cuts. Yeah, I love that, just because it's so different and it, but it still like retains the overall vibe that the show has. So yeah, big fan of that episode also. Um, the choices they made with the characters in the finale. Do you have a favorite moment from the the concluding? part of this season because obviously we have the unmasking of Mando, the reveal of the Darksaber, the, um, I guess, redemption of IG-11. Yeah, I think my favorite moment is the redemption of IG-11, but not for the fact that it redeems like his character. It's weird talking about like a droid in that way. But the fact that before that, Mando kind of shows his development in terms of his um, his thoughts towards droids. Yeah. And I think that is the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. Because the beginning of the season, he starts off in a very different place than where he ends. Yeah. Um, and I like that a lot. Me too. I like seeing that uh, very much. Um, I think the highlight for me in the finale was probably seeing Cardoon come back. And like even, like just her involvement with Mando as like a team for the, the final two episodes very much enjoyed that they gotta like they gotta just hang out all the time yeah yeah i hope that's like i know she's uh chilling off the ship now with um grease carga grief Karga. grief grief i knew it i knew it grease is the uh um, i know grease is the alien greasy order, money yeah. so it's cool that she's hanging out there but like i want to see more of her next season and i'm sure we will oh yeah for sure but are you hopeful for next season Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I think it just opens up a lot of um, opportunity for the showrunners to explore Baby Yoda. Yeah. Now a Mandalorian, technically. Well, yeah, he's a, what, a foundling? Yes. Very cool. 
Interested to see how that develops. I like the whole, I like how he, his signet was created. Yeah. With like. The mudhorn, right? That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah, the mudhorn, but it's also like the ear, like baby, like baby Yoda's ear. That's cool. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. I don't really, did you like the unmasking? Uh, what were your thoughts? I didn't mind it. I didn't think we ever needed it, you know? Yeah. Um, Since the show has ended, I've read far too many articles that make me realize that Pedro Pascal was, like, r- rarely on set for this show. Yeah, he just voiced over most of it. Pretty much. Like, this is some Darth Vader stuff right now. Mm-hmm. So that's a bummer. But shout out to... Um, let me look up the guy's name because I know he's a stuntman. I think he's John Wayne's nephew or his son. He's got some connection. I don't yeah. remember really. Yeah. What do you think of it? Because if you're bringing it up, I'm assuming you didn't enjoy it. It wasn't a highlight. It wasn't really a highlight. I didn't think it was super necessary, to be honest. Kind of felt like they just, they they just kind of maybe Disney felt like they needed to okay. show his face. Yeah. Well, you're paying for that. That Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Beauty. I, I would like to see him kind of become his own Mar- Mandalorian in the next season and, like, create his own rules, maybe, and take off his helmet okay, and do some fighting without it. Because, like you said, you're paying for Pedro Pascal. Yeah. You got to use that face. Um, if they choose to not, though, Brendan Wayne is the actor. Did a solid job characterizing Mando under the mask. Yeah, for so. sure. Congrats to him. Yeah. I'm very excited for the new season. Yeah. I wonder how many seasons it's going to be. Yeah. Because you have to assume that uh, being the runaway success that it was, and for the number of people I saw saying they dropped Disney Plus after it ended, I I have to imagine that they feel like Mando is safe territory now for bringing back subs. Mm. You know? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, that Cassian show, both of us are really excited for it. Mm-hmm. But, like, Cassian, I f- feel like, might have a less iconic selling point. Yeah, like, the layperson's not going to be like, oh, yo, Cassian Andor. Yeah, but, you like, know? if you see a Mandalorian, you're like, oh, that Boba Fett guy, right? Well, exactly, right. So. And he's unnamed and, like, mm-hmm. it's very easy to get into. Yeah, so I feel like between that, also Baby Yoda, you have to yeah, <laughs> take right. that into account. Definitely. God, that that is so genius. Yeah, like, yeah, they really they knew really. what they were doing. Uh, any post mortem concluding thoughts on anything else from season one of the show? Uh, I do like how uh, <laughs> Gus Fring, who is that guy? Um, John uh, Carlo Esposito. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Just pulled <laughs> that out of me. But I do like how he was introduced, like that. The end of the second to last episode, mm-hmm. it's really setting up, setting him, setting him up to be the apex bad guy. Yeah, in the next season, I did get spoiled on the dark saber. Oh no! Yeah, because I, I think I watched the episode maybe a day or two after it came out, and I was looking up something about the Mandalorian, and then auto fill in on my phone gave me a recommended like article from google or something and it was like what's that dark saber in the mandalorian finale of that and i was like this is why i don't do these things do you think it looked weird i i I don't know it could have just been the fact that it was there for like three seconds but yeah i mean it looked like a little strange but i don't know yeah 
that's probably the point, though, right? It's an un- unnatural sort of weapon, you know? Yeah, it looked. It, it even looked weird in Rebels. Yeah, I don't know the lore behind the Dark significantly. I'm familiar there's a tie to the Mandalorians, but yeah, I I don't know the full history either. So, um, but yeah, that wraps up the the plot holes, I guess, of season one of this podcast. I finished uh, Fallen Order also. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh wow, enjoyed it very much. Really? Can we talk about that like briefly? Briefly, yeah. Um, the first. Opens very strong, like we talked about on our uh, impressions episode. I thought it dragged a little bit from Zepho to the second time you go back to Kashyyyk. The second time you go to Kashyyyk is when you climb the tree, and then there's like the avatar bird moment. Oh, dude, the, the whole tree sequence made me want to die. Really? I didn't really like it. I thought the payoff of it and just like finally reaching the top and everything and like the moment with the bird that sort of kind of made it feel like a star wars thing to me like wow just like this clash of nature and the jedi and their cal's obvious tie to the force showing through his relationship of taming this beast and i thought that was really great and that got me really hooked through the ending um night sister marin favorite character babe She's great. <laughs> I want kidding. more of her in yeah. the sequel. Do you think they got a thing going on? Callie? They're playing it up. I read an interview, too, that um, I guess that's the direction they were given of, like, hey, you're interested. Yeah. I mean, it's very subtle. Like, it is, yeah. But but it's definitely there. Yeah. Um, I have to say, all the, all the Dathomir stuff is my favorite part of the game. I think I agree with you. Um, all that stuff was really cool. The... The boss there, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Terran Malakos. Okay. Um, I had a feeling that's what it was. I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> but um, Call him Jedi. Yeah. That's really cool. The, interesting, yeah. Wasn't expecting that, to be honest. Yeah. I, I thought it was like a nice little aside, you know, because I feel like that's sort of where that plot landed for me. Like all the Dathomir stuff, it's presented to you from the beginning. That's I went there first. We talked about that. I didn't go to Zepho first. Well, you can't really do much in Dathomir. Right. So that's where I'm coming from. I think they present it as a side thing. And even though I think that boss fight is probably one of the best in the game, at the end of it all, outside of the fact that you bring in Marin to the crew, Dathomir did feel like a B-plot. Oh, yeah. I mean, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. that The whole the whole Terran Malakos thing did, for sure. Yeah, it was cool. For sure. I'm not downplaying that, but like... Yeah. I just had the most fun there. I thought it was the most interesting setting. Yeah. Took me a few tries to uh, defeat him. Oh, this game's really hard. <laughs> yeah, it can I be find. tough. I find. I think that was the biggest wall I hit. Um, I got spoiled on the ending. I won't spoil it here because People. games are longer than shows. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Were you... I mean, like, without spoiling it, were you satisfied with the ending? Um, yeah, I thought it was fine. You know, yeah. I like I like the night sister too, or not the night sister, the second sister. I thought she was a good character. Also, oh, yeah. Um, when she was unmasked about halfway through the game, also that was another point of me being like, oh, okay, we're diving in. Mm-hmm. Um, hopeful for a sequel. Definitely, I, I have to say, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, and without spoiling it, I do think the ending was a little anticlimactic. Sure. However, I think that was the point. Did you ever play Crash Bandicoot? 
Well, I've played some of the games. Yeah. Did you ever play one of those levels in Crash where it's like there's the boulder following yeah, you yeah, and yeah. you're just running away? That's what the ending of this game is. Exactly. Right. I mean, like, there is no escape. <laughs> yeah. It's just cha- it's running away from a boulder with a lightsaber. Yeah. Overall, really good game. Yeah, I'm a fan. Totally. Respawn makes good games, and I, I just hope the sequel runs a little bit better. Yeah, I, d- I didn't have much as a problem with that, but yeah, for your for your sake, yeah. So, did you play it on PS4? PS4 Pro. So I do the get that power boost, but oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> barely helped. So that's the recap of our experience with Star Wars over the break. The world's experience with Star Wars over the, over the break did not stop. No, because we have a lot of news. We're not going to dive too deep on all of these things, but we have some things to discuss if we're a reputable Star Wars podcast. Yeah, no, we need to discuss some of these things. First off, um, we're going to go through these, and if depending on what the headline is, we can like dive deep. I want to start. How many items do you have? Like a few? Because like, I feel like I have five items with some details. All right. This Obi-Wan show. Oh, right. Okay. There's some drama. Allegedly. Yeah. So I think it's confirmed. If you're not familiar, I'm not going to give the whole story, but there was some, some like fan site was like, hey, it's canceled. And then people were like, no. The, <laughs> the fan site was like, hey, sources say it's canceled, but yeah. like, who? <laughs> and then a couple days later, um, I believe more reputable sites were saying that like, it's fine. And then someone said that there was a rewrite happening with the scripts and that is true uh kathleen kennedy said she wasn't satisfied with the quality of the scripts so they are delaying shooting until it's written better which is a good thing yeah that she recognized that Mm -hmm. and ewan mcgregor has reiterated hey no big deal this is cool like it's gonna work out i'm still obi-wan don't worry about that if it if they are taking more time to make this series better like they can take as much time as they need yeah like if it's gonna make it better like go for it like take another six months like i want something that is going to be like worth watching not something that's rushed yeah if they need to take a full year we have mando season two coming this year you know we got a new season of clone wars next month so this star wars content coming this year Mm -hmm. it's probably going to be good so for how much i love obi-wan favorite star wars character i know you really love obi-wan too specifically ewan's obi-wan just take your time make sure you get it right you know i'm not i'm not really what do they say what do they say they're hoping to release it by like 2021 right i believe 2021 alongside cassian and i think it was scheduled to start shooting this summer now it's a bit more up in the air so if they start shooting by the end of this year maybe it could still hit like late 2021 but there's no official word on that just the fact that um there's uh, some hiccups if it if it takes till 2022 whatever yeah take till 2023 if it's gonna make it amazing yeah because there's not gonna be a shortage of star wars content you know no there's probably going to be later years, but because the next movie I think is 2022, as of right now, that could change. Nothing official. 
I think they have a placeholder for 2022 for the next film. Uh, that's so broad, bro. I know. Because there were also rumors that we were supposed to be getting an announcement for a director this month for the next Star Wars film. We still got a few dates. We, yeah, we do. Uh, there was a rumor, and we can kind of just segue right into this, I feel. Uh, Taika Waititi, rumors have been, sources say, approached. <laughs> sources close to Jedi Knights say. <laughs> um, yeah, that he's been approached to direct a Star Wars film. I think people that are concerned about this are valid mm-hmm. because there's the fear that Star Wars is going to turn into Marvel, which I think is... I don't think you need to be worried about that. Where do you fall on that argument? I, I'm actually very worried about that. Really? Mm-hmm. I think, like, Disney has a tendency to try to, like, homogenize a lot of the stuff that they buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Marvel, like, y- there is a Marvel formula, right? Right. And that we know that that does really well. For Marvel? For Marvel. Yeah. But who's to say that, like, Disney's not going to try to sort of replicate that on a star like it won't be the same but i have a feeling that they could marvel star wars in the same way here's why i think you don't need to be worried i think they took that approach with all the sequel era films so far i think they pro like they with the exception i'd say of i guess from a structural point the last jedi but from an overall narrative point, like public narrative as well, uh, also counting Force Awakens. I think those films are inherently Star Wars with the way they are produced, approached, written, personally. But everything surrounding those movies, the spinoffs we got, Episode Nine, I think you can like clearly see the influence of Marvel in those films. I see that. I see it in the Rise of Skywalker more than anything. Yeah, I think you can go there with Solo also, uh, yeah. as far as being like super quippy, exploring a character that, as a standalone, to like flesh out more of this universe. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. And those films did not do very well, with like context of everything. Like obviously they made billions of dollars, um, but reception for most of those were mixed. You know. Yeah. And I think the fact that after all the films we have so far, what are five now from Disney? The trilogy and the two spinoffs. I think the fact that they're re-evaluating their approach to Star Wars makes them realize that it is a different beast and they can't tackle it like Marvel. I I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I I hope that they... I hope that that's where they land on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because um, I feel like they've been candid also with the fact that these movies aren't performing the way they want them to. Well, I, th- I don't think I think it would be dumb for them to deny it yeah. because it's just untrue. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they haven't been performing well. Like let's not. Get yeah, like all things considered, like, they're fine. But yeah, it's always about making more money. They could be making more if they were handling it. I think. Yeah. In its own way, Mickey Mouse got. Fat pockets. <laughs> yeah. You got to fill those up, you know? Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that the new era is bad because we're clearly both fans of the most of the stuff that's come out from Disney. Yeah, um, definitely. But I think more specifically with the case of Taika, just look at the finale of Mandalorian because he directed that. 
I do think he may do better with those like spinoff movies. Okay. Like he, which which movies did he direct for Marvel? I'm like Thor Ragnarok is the only one currently. Okay, that's a great movie. Yeah. Um, but it is very Marvel. You right. Know? Yeah. But I think that he could. I don't think he would go as heavy handed on a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I think. Like I said, the finale of Mandalorian is evidence of how he'd handle a Star Wars film because I think there's a lot of his flair in there, like uh, Jason Sudeikis' is a Stormtrooper character. Yeah, true. <laughs> and people loved that, you know. Yeah. And it did. It felt like it fit into Star Wars, you know. Per- I thought it fit personally. I wouldn't trust him with like a trilogy or anything. Yeah, and I don't think that's where we're going right now, but. The idea of him being involved more with Star Wars, even if it isn't just maybe an episode of Mando season two, I would be very interested to see what he does. Yeah, I would be too. So, um, and as far as I wanted to bring up the Marvel thing because he is a prominent Marvel director. Obviously, the next Thor film is going to be him as well. Um, but yeah, he's talented. Like he knows what he's doing. Watch his other movies that aren't like big IP films because he's a good director. Yeah, was he just recently did Jojo? Jojo Rabbit, What We Do in the Shadows was also him. A very good movie. Um, I need to see Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, me too. I heard good things. Me too. You know what else I've heard good things about, Mike? What? Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Oh, yeah, with the uh, Rise of the Resistance. Sure, but do do you know? Oh, that Galaxy's Edge is now an award-winning thing. Sure. I did not know that. As of last night, January 26th, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge has a Grammy. Wow. For for what? Like the theme that John Williams composed for the theme park. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I have Apple Music uh, flaming in the comments below because I don't use Spotify. Spotify for life. Uh, but th- Disney has like this playlist on Apple Music for Star Wars m- music. And what would you assume? On a Star Wars Essentials playlist, what would be the first song? The opening crawl. Yeah, you'd think. <laughs> but Disney threw the Galaxy's Edge theme in right before the main title. That's great. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. And doesn't make sense. Is I guess. It, what? Is it good? I didn't like it at all. Okay. I haven't heard it yet because I want to save that because I still haven't been to Galaxy's Edge. Right. Yeah. I haven't either. So, like, I want to save that experience of, like, the first listen is, like, walking in there but i mean it's john williams so like it's good <laughs> but like that doesn't that doesn't belong it's the first mm-hmm. the first song in a playlist for star wars essentials man yeah i think you could also get away with duel of the fates in there first because that's like the meme song no dude <laughs> like you got a main title and then you can get into yeah that. i think spotify also has a pot uh a playlist so i can check what their first one is yeah i'd like to see whether i'm sure it's similar because they they probably they probably coordinate these things across platforms but yeah so but you mentioned the rise of the resistance right have you looked into that at all yeah i like watched it on youtube really i've watched all of them on youtube oh i want to know nothing about it okay well i won't say anything but yeah that's getting good reception the failing theme park is doing incredibly well still. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> I, I we got to take a Jedi Knights trip. To, we do to Galaxy's Edge. We absolutely do. Uh, first song on Star Wars soundtracks. Well, this is created by a guy named Josh, not oh. <laughs> anyone official. Uh, the main theme for Star Wars. Second song is Duel of Fates. 
Thanks, Josh. You did it right. Yes, absolutely. I didn't do this on purpose, but here we are. Uh, episode 9 was originally called Duel of the Fates when Colin Trevorrow was in charge. Yeah, it was. Um, so we both saw the concept art? Yes. I want to preface this discussion because yeah, this could be a fairly beefy. Um, obviously, I think there's a line that has to be drawn with these sorts of things because fan outrage when it comes to what could have been I think ever since um, Justice League has been at a fever pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's funny I'm saying this because I believe the guy and I want to see his cut of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Colin Trevorrow's episode nine doesn't exist. You know, like, they didn't shoot it. He got let go before Carrie Fisher passed away. Yeah, it only exists up here in, yeah. in Colin Trevorrow's head. Mm-hmm. Also, I'll say the concept art discussion... Several of the people that worked on that concept art have come forward and said, hey, just because we d- drew this and illustrated it does not mean it was going to be in the movie, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, there is a lot of concept unused concept art from other films that... Yeah, and, like, stuff that was used way after the fact, too. Like the Death Star stuff. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Colin Trevorrow was originally going to be the one to direct Star Wars Episode Nine. He's going to title it Duel of Fates. Which I think is a much better title, personally. Yeah, The Rise of Skywalker is a dumb title. <laughs> it's very dumb. It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> the, the Skywalker falls down a pit. <laughs> he literally falls. Right, yeah. I know. I know he rises again, but like it's a dumb title. Well, it's not. That's it's supposed to be Ray, right? Ugh. I digress. <laughs> Duel of the Fates, yeah, it's like a fan service title, you know? Right. Because it is the meme song from the Star Wars saga, but like yeah, but it would make sense. Though. Yeah, it would. Uh, it seems like from this concept art, from Trevorrow kind of using Twitter to confirm some of his original plans, there was some carryover between what we got and what he planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole dyad in the Force thing between Rey and Kylo was still present. Uh, Palpatine was still involved, but he was just a holocron. The dyad thing, I don't think was really. Colin Trevorrow's idea, though we can thank Ryan Johnson for that one. Yeah, I liked the diet. Oh yeah, yeah, so. me too. But I don't think that was. Yeah, so like I'm, I'm just saying it like continued down that path. All right. And from what I've read about this, it does seem like it felt followed more of a natural progression of the story beats from the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. There's tons of different stuff that has come out about this. I think some of the highlights we've already brought up. Um. But what's your stance on all of this? Like, I'm assuming you did read into this fairly, like, quite a bit. You you kind of assumed wrong, to be honest. Okay. I don't want to read into it because <laughs> sure. I'm, like, a little afraid that I'm going to just, like, get more upset. Um, yeah. Because I... As much as I wouldn't want to get into that mentality, I would start thinking about, like, what could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everybody w- does when yeah. I read stuff like this. Um, but from what I know about it, like, it's definitely, like, darker. I think it's more interesting. Yeah. Like, darker, definitely grittier. Um, 
the concept art alone just seems like almost like savage in a way. Like sure. there's some weird stuff in there. Yeah. Um, that like if wasn't if that was in the final movie, that would be mind boggling. Yeah. There's I think one of the highlights also, um, sort of from an imagery <laughs> standpoint, uh, Luke as a force ghost is haunting Kylo Ren throughout the film in a way that's I'm assuming is just like he's constantly there. Like he's not doing like spooky stuff, you know, f- with the force, but like, like he just sees him as a constant reminder. Like he can't escape it literally. Cause he just sees him standing there. It really gives extra meaning to the see around kid. Yeah. That's where I thought we were going. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people thought that also, cause that was some pretty decent speculation going into nine. Uh, we did also have, an exploration of Coruscant in the new era. I guess the first order built a citadel in Coruscant over like where the Senate was. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Hux is the new chancellor of the first order. So like they're trying to ape that empire, like grasp on the galaxy until he commits seppuku in his, <laughs> in his office. Yeah. I saw that piece too, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think from obviously we haven't seen the execution of these plans, so it could have been very poor. But at least where the groundwork is, I think there's an interesting thing they could have done here. I would have liked to see Coruscant. I think yeah. that's a cool, different thing. Um, especially, I think a lot of the concept art was Finn and Rose and I think Poe doing like some sort of citizens uprising. Yeah, that's really cool. Like in the underworld of Coruscant against the First Order. Imagine that as like the last battle instead of like a bunch of ships. A bunch of ships with Death Stars on it. <laughs> yeah. Like 10,000 Death Star ships. Mm-hmm. And it, like it's a tricky thing to like discuss, I guess, because I think you're right. You can very easily get lost in what could have been. But it, I think it's worth discussing. Yeah. I think so too. I, I, I wish. Like, I, coming out of this movie, like, I just wish that there were more risks taken. Yeah. And it seems as though Colin Trevorrow's idea were a little bit more riskier. Yeah. Um, and it and it kind of added on to The Last Jedi in a new and interesting way, whereas, in my opinion, The Rise of Skywalker didn't really do any of that. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> so. But who knows? Maybe we could see this adapted in some sort of, like different story later down down the line um if the eu existed in a way that allowed for what if scenarios i would have loved to see this explored through a comic or a book or something mm-hmm. but with the state of things right now that feels unlikely to me not anytime soon no despite that unless you have anything else to say about what could have been for episode nine is it even worth it yeah, like it's I think it's worth really. bringing up because that kind of dominated the conversation for January. Right, but I mean, like, what's the point though? Yeah, like it it looks cool yeah. and like, sure, I would like to see some. I would have liked to see it, I guess. Yeah, but like we didn't get it, so yeah. And there's tons of other details in there, like uh, Kylo Ren killed Ray's parents. She got her double bladed lightsaber from the start. It was a mix of her staff and Anakin's saber. So there's like cool little touches like that. Yeah. But uh, if you're interested in that, I recommend just going in on that art book. 
So, wait, are those going to be in the art book? As far as I know, yeah. Wow. So, all right. <laughs> My butchered segue was leading into this uh, this High Republic era that is okay. also currently unconfirmed, but also dominated the first half of January for Star Wars conversation. It's like unconfirmed, but it's like unconfirmed yeah air quotes so some reputable like star wars journalists have yes uh jason ward who is very reputable when it comes to leaking star wars things i believe he's the one that leaked ray palpatine before nine came out and a handful of other things from this new sequel era and i think the title for nine as well basically he wrote a post saying that the new era takes place in the High Republic, which is 400 to 500 years before the start of the Skywalker saga. Um, It takes place after the downfall of the Sith, which occurred at the end of the Old Republic. So no Sith army. Yoda is there. And according to him and his sources, he's saying that this new era is... A dyad, if you will, (laughs) with the multimedia of Star Wars because at Celebration last year, they announced this thing called Project Luminous. Yeah, is this the same? It's part of it. All right. So Project Luminous briefly was presented as a new initiative for a bunch of Star Wars creatives like um, Charles Soule, who wrote Vader, uh, Claudia Gray, I believe is involved as well. Yeah, she she wrote like all the Padme books and stuff. Yeah, and one of the Leia th- ones I think in Aftermath. Mm-hmm. I think Bloodline. I think. Yeah. So it's taking taking a lot of people who have worked in the expanded universe for the new era, um, and letting them create this interwoven beast for what's next from the saga. Yeah. I think this is the thing to look at for the Marvel conversation more than the Kevin Feige being brought on or Taika potentially doing a film. I think this is much more in line with Marvel as a brand more so than the MCU because it is dipping into even the classic Star Wars thing of books are exploring it, comics are exploring it, maybe a show, uh, video games even, because the rumor is that this new era is kicked off through a video game. Very cool. Yes. So what's your stance on all of this? So I, my understanding of Project Luminous was that it was everything but films. So the way it was presented so far, they didn't talk about films, but uh, so Jason they- Ward is saying the new era of films, which uh, the Benioff and Weiss saga was going to be, is this. It is the High Republic. It's tied in with Project Luminous. So when they announced Project Luminous, they didn't necessarily exclude films. Yeah, they, they just didn't, didn't mention them. Yeah, right. Okay, so it's okay. So that clears it up for me because mm-hmm. I thought it was just mostly multimedia other than films, mm-hmm. which um, I'm pretty sure they did this in the past. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not old enough to have like experienced it as it came out, but they had a thing. I think it was called Shadows of the Empire. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it was what happened after Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. released like before the theatrical special editions, to get people like hyped up about Star Wars again. And it was a combination of books, comics, games, action and, figures as well. Yeah, action figures about 
uh, Shadows of the Empire, which mm-hmm. is what happened after Return of the Jedi, and it seems reminiscent of that. Yeah, I've seen several comparisons. Yeah. But where do you stand on, like, staying familiar with the future of the saga? Because I think that's the most interesting thing to discuss here. Well, no, let me backtrack. I think the most interesting thing is the fact that they're starting with a video game. Yeah. But returning to maybe more the more grand presentation of the prequels in terms of the state of the galaxy, um, the role of the Jedi Order, the fact that Yoda's coming back, What, where are you standing on that? I love it because I, as, as we all know, enjoy the prequels <laughs> very much. Yes. And the prequels have that sort of like, I don't want to say old, but like antiquated feeling to them in terms of like things in the original trilogy are all like dirty and like torn apart and like there are divisions everywhere. Mm-hmm. Going back into the prequels, like there's structure in society and like the Jedi are like this institution that have been there for generations and generations. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel as though that that's been explored. Yes. And this is going to give it a lot of opportunity to do so. I'm glad that's where you come down on this because, like I said, I've seen some discourse about this. I think this is more interesting than doing Old Republic because, like you said, this hasn't been explored at all, really. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of the High Republic before this. But I think if you do go the route of the Old Republic, you run into the problem of what the sequel trilogy had as issues of like ignoring things that already existed, but kind of not, and drawing that comparison. The High Republic, with the exception of the fact that Yoda's there, could be wildly different, completely brand new, you know? Yeah. Still familiar, but doing new things. Definitely. The thing that I'm wondering is like, this takes what, 500 place, five hundred years before the Skywalker saga? About. So we know that there are like the rule of two is already in place. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be seeing like armies of Sith versus armies of Jedi. That would have been cool to see, but I'm sure we'll get there eventually. I'm sure we will get there eventually. But I guess my question is, is like for a thousand generations, the Jedi, like there was peace and, and, and harmony in, in, in the Republic and the galaxy for the most part mm-hmm. with not that much Sith influence until the prequels. Yeah. Until they got their revenge in episode three. Exactly. So like, What's where are we the, going? Like, where are we going? Like, what's the conflict? Are there going to be like Sith in this new trilogy or whatever? Maybe. And again, worth reiterating, this is all hearsay at the moment. I, I'm just speculating. It's a grain of salt. But the way I've seen it presented is the fact that uh, the films are going to take place. I forget the proper term, but similar to the Outer Rim, like the Unknown Reaches or something. Oh, Unknown Regions. Regions. Okay. Um. That's where the bulk of this is going to take place, from what I read. Interesting, because in Legends, the Sith, like, screwed off to unknown regions for yeah, like sure. a thousand years. So our new cast of characters could just be maybe on, like, a Star Trek-esque voyage of exploring the unknown, charting out this galaxy. And, um... <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be interested in that because, again, it's something new. You have the opportunity to explore places we've never seen before, do new things with those planets. Maybe 
at some point in this 500 years, there's a planet they go to that at the time was uncharted. It's like, oh, we didn't find Hoth until like 400 years ago. Yeah, true. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or like some some sequel trilogy. Yeah, like there's a gateway that they have that opening still. Yeah, like they go to Crate and it's like there are a bunch of people like chilling on Crate or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm hopeful for this. If this comes to fruition, it sounds very interesting to me. Yeah, I'd like to see like to see what what sort of like books come out of this to be honest yeah because i feel like that's that if if not the game then that's what we're going to see first i think so and i was reading a little bit more into the speculation and sort of like timeline of these things because let's say for the sake of conversation that 2022 film is the high republic era project luminous has to kick off sometime in the next two years I think Project Luminous is going to kick off this year. That's what it sounded like from what I read, and it seems like we might see the video game this year. Even if we don't see the video game, we're going to get like a comic book or a book or yeah. something like that. So, they're like I've seen like Charles Soule like tweet about it mm-hmm. and like confirmed working on it. Like, so so it's it's not like unreasonable that like they they might just like come out next month and be like yeah new Charles Soule book like November. Yeah, and there's a celebration this year, so like we're gonna probably learn about the new era then. Def- oh, definitely. Um, EA still has that Star Wars license lockdown, so they don't go to E3 technically in June, but like they have an event next door. So <laughs> last year they showcased Fallen Order heavily. Um, there's no Battlefront Three coming, so the the next Star Wars video game, as far as we know kind of up in the air right now there's a new consoles coming out this year so maybe they want to kick off the new generation with a new star wars game i think it's very reasonable until maybe like april to june that we could get the first part of this new era this year it just seems like a fast turnaround time though like say that they waited till say they waited till like celebration to like tease tease a game Mm -hmm. and then like ea at their own thing in june like shows more of it yeah like, if new consoles come out this fall, that's such a fast turnaround. Like, Yeah, and EA doesn't really take that approach. There's some companies that do. Like, they show a game for the first time in May, and then it's out by November. But, yeah, I think EA does not typically do that. <laughs> right. I, I just don't see how, unless they've been working on it in, sec- in secret for, like, a really long time. They very well could have been. You know, there's, like, a ton of teams they have at EA. Um, I don't think it would be, like, the same people that did Fallen Order. No. Um, because Respawn is busy working on their own stuff. Yeah. But I think there was a separate team that was working on the remnants of that Visceral game that got canceled and trying to turn it into something else. So we could see that surface, maybe, if that is still being thrown around a studio that EA owns. I wouldn't be surprised that in the next month we're going to get a little bit more details about what Project Luminous is. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I would also would not be surprised that sometime this month, I mean, not this month, this year, Disney's like, yeah, no, you're getting like, you're getting like three books this year. Yeah. Like they're already written. Mm-hmm. Like they're just coming out. Yeah, I, I think that's very likely, personally. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we're going to have to wait very long for the new era to reveal itself. Yeah, I think it would just to disney's detriment the longer they wait yeah i agree 
Um, Looking forward to it. Though. Yeah, me too. I'm very hopeful. I hope all this stuff is true because it sounds really interesting. Uh, really quick aside, I've been religiously reading The Rise of Kylo Ren. Whoa. I'm waiting for the trade paperback so it's all together. Yeah. You fan? Oh, yeah. Big time. Awesome. So just wanted to put that out there. Very nice. Well, uh, maybe I'll catch up and we can talk about it on the show. I mean, I can lend you my copies. If you want. Okay. Well, yeah. maybe look forward to that. Next then. episode, I'll just bring you over. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that does it for news. We're going to take a short break, and then when we come back, we are going to be running down our guide and experience to starting Star Wars The Clone Wars. I'm excited. Stay tuned. This is where the fun begins. Welcome back. We are now going to be laying the groundwork for the next few weeks of this show. Uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars has existed for about 12 years now. Yeah, it's longer. Right? I, th- I think it started in 2008 with uh, the film. Okay. And did you have any experience of the series before today? Uh, Yeah, like I had watched probably most of the first season mm-hmm. on my own. Yeah. But like I watched it in college. Okay. So like I remember when this was on. Uh, what was it on? Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network. I remember when this was on Cartoon Network, uh, and I never watched it. Mm-hmm. I never saw the movie in theaters. Okay. I waited till I was in college to watch any of it. Mm-hmm. Didn't finish it. Um, but yeah, that's really the only. So this film was the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. Yeah, I feel like you've mentioned that before. Yeah. Um, so at the time, enjoyed it, you know? Like, I was like, oh, cool, Star Wars in a movie theater. And then um, the show premiered. I vividly remember the day it premiered. I'm watching it with some of my friends and my brother at my house. And I think the I... The show you're talking The about. show, yeah. Okay. And I watched most of the first season and then probably part of the second season as it aired. And then I just kind of fell out of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we both have like a vague understanding, understanding experience with the series so far. But like, I know who all the main characters yeah, are. Yeah, and I know about some of the arcs, and I know about, like, yeah. some of the character choices they make, so... And I know what happens to some of the characters, too. <laughs> sure. Because I've watched, like, Rebels. And right, yeah. Uh, I have not seen Rebels. I've seen one episode of Rebels, but... Uh, this journey we're going on together for season two of the show... It's quite the journey. ...has been laid out by, uh, for us by friend of the show, friend of us, Jack Martin. Yeah, thank God. Shout out to him. He gave us the most useful Google Doc. I was blown away Yeah. when I opened that. I was like, it's color-coded. Yeah. It's like, it's very well done. It's fantastic. And Jack has seen this show multiple times. He's watched through it, I would say, at least twice. And he's going to start it again to watch it with us on the show. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, so thank you very much, Jack. You're making our job significantly easier. But you know it does it does take away some of the episodes, right? Like yeah. So the approach we're taking, uh, as given to us by series expert Jack Martin, is going to be covering seventy episodes of this six season, soon to be seven season series. A lot of this was done because we just simply don't have the time. Right. We are on a schedule that is very closely tied to my college semester. So um, because of that, we're trying to cover the show to the best of our ability. And it kind of works out perfectly that (laughs) I think we I don't think we'll miss anything, to be honest. No. So there's 70 episodes each week. We're going to run through five episodes 
um, at the end of the episode and on our Twitter at Jedi Knights JC, we will be tweeting out which episodes we're watching every week. So you can follow along because we're watching the show not only in our own abridged version, but in chronological order. Because as a newbie to the show might not know, uh, the show being The Clone Wars, not our show, um, the series did not air in chronological order. So the first episode of this show, technically, like, timeline-wise, does not come until season three? Yeah. And there's two episodes of it before the film. Right, which are the first two episodes of the first season. Yes. I believe. I think so. Yeah. So what we're doing for this episode, we started with the film. Uh, We have watched season three, episode one, which chronologically immediately follows the film that is called Clone Cadets. Then season one, episode five, which is a direct continuation of that episode. Um, season one, episode nine, Cloak of Darkness, and then season one, episode ten, Layer of Grievous. Mm-hmm. All right, why did they do that? That I mean, that happens with a surprising amount of animated series. Really? Yeah, uh, Batman the Animated Series, one of the greatest animated shows of all time, also aired out of order for a decent chunk of it, and I think it's just it comes down to like a production schedule of like what the workload distribution is like, how things flow for the studio. Some episodes might be more intensive than others. That's fair. So they have to have, with network TV, I think there's like some rule about if you're making a show, I don't know if it's a full show or if it's an animated show or like whatever range of show it's supposed to be. I've heard that you have to have at least three seasons and at least 60 episodes planned. So the planning for an animated series or regular like live action series, it's, it's strange. Mm -hmm. So starwars.com does have an official timeline release if you do want to watch every episode. But, um, I think Jack went off of that. He did. He must have. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we we're just going to watch five ish episodes a week. Yeah. And talk about it. Highlights what we thought of it because, um, for the most part, we're experiencing this entire era of Star Wars for the first time. Yeah, and, and we're not going to, like... There There are some episodes that we're going to breeze over for sure. more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, because not every episode's, like, a, like a winner, necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think, for the sake of our conversation, we should probably also discuss the episodes in the order we viewed them. Makes sense. So, we should start with talking about the movie. Sure, I had never seen this movie before, yesterday. Yeah, I like we mentioned, I've seen it before. It's okay. Okay, I actually really liked this movie. Oh, okay, I really did. I I thought it was super fun. Like, yeah, it's just a lot of cool adventures that they go on, huh? Yeah, because it's basically three episodes cut together to make a movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's cool. It's it's an, a nice introduction to this take on familiar characters. Um, Ahsoka, I remember as a kid, cause I was what, like 12 when this came out. Like it was cool seeing a youngling Padawan, like around my age going on an adventure with like Anakin and Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. So, and I know I've saving heard incredible things about her character. So yeah. Saving the day in this, this movie multiple times. Yeah. 
Um, one thing I didn't really like about this movie, though, do you notice like the music's really weird? Yeah, that was a specific thing that I had a comment on. There's some like electric guitar riffs. There's some like yeah. Is that like Filoni thing? I don't know, cause like, what was the planet they were on? Like Teth or whatever. It was like it had the Jabba's palaces, but like in in the in air. the jungle thing. Yeah, but it yeah. was like it was like where they found Jabba's son. Yeah, and like as they were doing like their assault on that base like there there was like all that rock music in yeah. the like all that metal music in the background yeah it just did not fit i was like this is a choice yeah it didn't fit um yeah so i think once we hop into the actual series the music gets more star warsy but that was like for sure like a that it was a double take yeah i was i i did not expect it yeah i did not either um but yeah as far as like what you said with the adventure of it all I, like yeah, I think I thought it was good. It's fun. It's very not surface level, I guess, but like it is very much a a basic way to introduce this conflict. And I get that's the intent because it was supposed to set up a kids show. Mm-hmm. And from everything I've heard and read about the Clone Wars, the stuff that I've watched was when it was the phase of still being directly marketed to kids. Mm-hmm. It still is. Yeah. But, like, a lot of the themes they explore from, again, people I've talked to, as the series progresses, it does get more layered. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I saw my buddy DJ Gillard, who hosts uh, as a host on Cantina Conversations, uh, they're binging the entire show to catch up for the new season. Which comes out in February. Yes, February 21st is the debut of season seven on Plus. Uh, he said some funny thing about like how um, they kind of present corrupt senators as like, oh, so they're greedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like that's the reason why they're corrupt. Yeah. To, like, <laughs> yeah. So like I, I think at the start of it all, if you are diving into this, you have to take that into consideration that like it's definitely going to be more digestible politics than the prequel films. <laughs> it was like still like pretty complex though yeah like the whole thing with like the the trade blockade or whatever it was right right i mean like but like all that like deception with like count dooku's like telling jabba that like the jedi have like stolen and killed this kid mm-hmm. and, like jedi don't know that and like th- it was layered i, I yeah. thought it was well done yeah it kind of sh- set up that conflict because like attack of the clones like it doesn't really make any sense like <laughs> Like, you're just in Geonosis, and then Yoda comes, like, coming in with, like, a bunch of clones. Yeah. And then the next movie, it's, like, three years later, and it all ends. Yeah. Um, I, that just gave me an interesting thought. Um, all of this is canon. So, going into this show, how are you finding it blend in with the prequel films? Um... I think it's like, in my opinion, I think it's pretty seamless to be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, especially in the performances. Yeah, they. I am very impressed by the entire cast. Yeah, I like obviously like you can tell they're different actors. Some get really close. Like I think uh, whoever's playing Count Dooku, very close to Chris. Really Billy. close. Yeah. Like I had to Google it to make sure it wasn't him. Well, it's not right. No, it's not. Okay. Uh, who who voices Obi Wan? 
Uh, I think it's James Arnold Taylor. Like, that's... I've heard that voice before. Like, I've seen the show, so, like, I know what cartoon Obi-Wan sounded like, Mm -hmm. but it's pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. Like, he's got the the cadences down that Alec Guinness would have. For sure. Um, And that's impressive. Yeah, I I think... Like you said, I think it fits in line with the characters as we know them, but it is still a unique take on it. Yeah. Uh, I think that rings the most true with Anakin. I was going to say, do you think, like, like, what are your thoughts on, on cartoon Anakin so far versus, like, movie Anakin? So I remember as a teenager uh, preferring the take of Anakin in the... Like miniseries, Clone Wars, 2D animated series. Oh, okay. Because I felt that was more in line with Hayden. I think this revisiting it is much closer and more believable, and I think it like makes me appreciate Anakin more. Yeah, he's not as annoying. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, like he still has that like that like tone to his voice, you know? That well, like he's just cocky. Yeah, but, like, there's still, like, he's still hitting some of his words with some of that, like, Hayden Christensen yeah. pause, no, you know? you're right, you're right. Yeah. So I enjoy Anakin so far. I do, too, yeah. I also, knowing, like, having seen Rebels and, like, kind of understanding where Ahsoka goes, I'm excited to see her character development mm-hmm. uh, starting from the movie. Because she's kind of like wild, reckless, like yeah, like yeah, yeah, like youngling as you would expect, mm-hmm. and she, she does turn into a wise like. It's not, gonna be it's cool. Not, it's not really a spoiler, but right, yeah, I'm, it's gonna be cool seeing her progress. Uh, I also just googled this because I wanted to make sure uh, they got Samuel L. Jackson to play Mace Windu in the movie. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Which is pretty cool. I w- who who voices Mace Windu like in the TV show? Uh, Terrence Carson. Okay, because did you see the trailer for the new season? I didn't. Okay, never mind. I'm aware it came out, and I'm aware that they showcased some cool teases. I won't say a word then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting seeing how media blackout I handle for uh, the season when we're in the middle of, like, season four. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to, to be honest. And I don't really think I want to. Yeah, I'm going to play it by ear when we get there. I just don't really. Like, what is it going to actually spoil? Yeah. That Anakin turns into Darth Vader. Yeah, like, we already know all these things. Yeah, that's the, the, the benefit of a prequel series, I guess. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so what was your favorite episode of the movie, I guess? Like, because there's uh, yeah. the arc of the uh, Crystallis, right? Uh, Christophsis. Christophsis, okay. Uh, that whole thing, the battle strategy, mm-hmm. there's the... With, like, the big shield and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chase for the hut, like, the hutling is in the second the second act. Yeah, like, on that planet with the... Yeah. And then the third act is Tatooine. Right. So w- where do you fall? Like, what's your favorite part of it? I really like the Christophsis stuff. Yeah, um, it's cool. It is really cool. I have seen the, the arc... Of the TV show that immediately precedes this chronologically, mm-hmm. um, they mentioned like that, like right at the beginning, they mentioned that Anakin and Obi Wan like took Christophsis from the Separatists. Cool, and like that's what happens in that earlier th- 
everything. And I really like those episodes. So being able to see a continuation of that, mm-hmm. um, I like that a lot. Yeah. Also, uh, also, I think um, Obi-Wan stalling that military <laughs> general yeah. is like the most Obi-Wan thing of all time. Sips tea. Um, yeah, it was, that was good. That was a good moment. Yeah. For sure. I And like, it's, it's funny because like, yeah, I, I like seeing Obi-Wan in this. It's cool seeing him as a tactician. But a lot of it does come back to Anakin for me in this because I've never had like a fondness for Anakin really. I think on this very show I said Kylo Ren is a better Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, you might be right. (laughs) But I'm open to seeing this interpretation of Anakin grow on me because I really like the way they present him so far. Um, It's going to take a few mental like hurdles for me to accept this as like a canon character arc for this character that I know already but I'm curious to see if that is going to end up swaying my emotions on his turn more than they are right now I have a feeling as though I'm going to become attached to this version of Anakin me too (laughs) and I think it will only make the prequels Keeping in mind that this is all canon, mm-hmm. um, it'll only make prequel Anakin a little bit more, like, will add, like, so much more depth yeah. to, like, what he goes through. For sure. Um, any more comments on the film before we talk about the episodes we watched? Um, I just want to reiterate that I did like it a lot. Okay. Did you rank it at all in our ranking of Star no, Wars I films? <laughs> no, I did not. Would you rank it above The Rise of Skywalker? I don't know. I I don't know if I can rank it in the same. Sure. Like, they're all, like, the, it, it's too different. Could you rank it in the prequel trilogy? Could I rank it in the prequel trilogy? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to do that right now, both of us? It, can, can I, yeah. I'll do, go first. You go first. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. All right, wait, so where do you start from? Bottom? Like, bottom and top. All right. All right. Phantom Menace at four. Okay. Attack of the Clones at two. Clone Wars at three. Sorry, no. Oh, I'm turning to Pat. Last, <laughs> <laughs> last place yeah. is the Phantom Menace. Okay. Third place is Attack of the Clones. Second place would be this. First place is Run to the Sith. Really? Okay. Last place would be this movie. Really? But that doesn't mean that I don't like it, though. Yeah. Well, I think it's the reason I rank it that way, I think, is because it's more digestible. But it's still in this era that I really appreciate. I'm just having a really hard time, like, like a, putting it in the same category, you know? Sure, yeah. Like, I, I don't, I just don't, I fundamentally don't think they belong together. Yeah. Like, ranking this animated movie with the theatrical, like, live action ones. Yeah. And that's why I asked you how it blends in, because, like, there are concessions to be made, you know, of, like... Why does Anakin never mention the fact that he had an apprentice, you know, in episode three? Uh, yeah. So I don't think you can, like, draw that connection as strongly as you could say the fact that Palpatine did everything in the prequel trilogy and then knew how the sequ- uh, the original trilogy would go. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's fun as its own entity so far. Definitely. Yeah, I... Like... I don't know. I can't. I like. I, I. don't know if I could say that it's better than Attack of the Clones. Sure. But yeah. I also don't know if 
It may be. Yeah. Who knows? So clone cadets. Mm-hmm. Want to dive into that real quick? Sure. Um, clone cadets, I think might be my favorite episode that we watched. It's pretty good. I loved it. Yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a strong introduction. Cause like what I really appreciate about the f- four episodes we watched so far is that like none of them are really about familiar characters so far. No. Yeah. These, th- this is the one with all of the clones training domino squad, I believe is their name. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they had a nice back and forth, like very clear underdog story we're following here. Um, I like seeing their growth as a team, mm-hmm. their nicknames for each other. Fives. Fives? <laughs> yeah, how are you like doing with remembering which is which? Oh, I can't. I, I think it's funny that like they literally tattoo a five on Fives' forehead in the next episode, so you know that's him. Right, yeah, and... There are some that you can tell who's who, like yeah. Rex. Rex is not in this this episode. No, he was in the film though. Right. And yeah, I and like he's in the episode following this following one. This. Uh, rookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think having the commanders. Obviously, like we knew Commander Cody when we were like thirteen, you know, because yeah. of Render the Sith, the orange yellow guy. Right. And then how could you go wrong? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you introduce Rex, so it's like, okay, this is Anakin's guy. He's a shaved head. He bleached his hair. Looks some shady. Yeah, recognizable in that regard. But, I mean, the rest of them, like, literally look and sound (laughs) the same. So, like... Some of them have, like, different inflection. So, like, I could remember Echo of, like, the plucky one. It's like, oh, we have orders. It's like, yeah, okay, that's you. I'm still having a hard time. Oh, me too. I'm glad that they killed off half of them so I could remember, okay, there's fives and then there's... Echo yeah. left. It's really all of who's left. But I I do really so far enjoy like this new perspective on the war. Yeah. Um clones, yeah, like their growth was accelerated and everything and they're all just Django Fets. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're not people, man. Yeah, it humanizes them in they an got, interesting way. They got they got souls. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I would. Hmm. How do you feel about this? Because, like, I would personally like to see a little more anguish from them, from, like, their fallen comrades, you know? Because, like, what was that one that got eaten by the worm in the next episode, Rookies? They're just like, oh, no. All right. <laughs> Let's keep going. Yeah, I don't remember the name. Yeah. I get that it's, like, a 20-minute episode, so you can't, like, fully flesh out the emotional range of each character, but, like... May I suggest that, like, that's... Like, that the clones wouldn't do that? No, I totally get that. Like, there are millions of them. Right, and they're probably programmed that way. Like, it's... You can really draw a comparison to the droid army in the fact that they're basically programmed they can have their own like inst- instinctual decision making processes but like it's an ar- it's a war that's being fought by like two armies of droids essentially from my perspective i think that's what it's supposed to be yeah that's part of the message behind it right, right? like i don't know i i liked clone cadets a lot yeah it, me too it was very satisfying at the end to mm-hmm. see them like achieve the goal come together and i also really like that reject clone 99 right yeah yeah he's cool (laughs) 
I love that. He was nice. I guess so. I just yeah. made me sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely presented in a way. It's like, oh. <laughs> Rip. Yeah. That guy's been alive for like a year probably. Yeah. He just never got to do his intended purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like rookies more or less than clone cadets? Because rookies follows up on uh, Domino Squad, um, which also when they said their name, and I was like, huh, fall like dominoes. And then like two minutes later, the Bravo team walks by and they're like, can't wait to see all the dominoes fall like dominoes. And I was like, I could have written this, right? <laughs> yeah, at the end of the at the end of the episode, I don't know if you noticed, but it said written by Christian Buckley. Yeah, can, right? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't tell you that. Uh, I, I liked um, clone cadets better than rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought like, Clone Cadets was like an inter- interesting concept. It was very like Ender's Game. I don't know if you ever watched. I'm familiar like, with it. Okay. But yeah, like seeing that approach in Star Wars, I thought it was cool because I'm a fan of some anime programs um, and a lot of what makes them <laughs> <laughs> satisfying is the fact that like so much time is spent on training for at least like the Dragon Balls or My Hero Academia. So, like, seeing Star Wars take the approach of, like, hey, these clones that just get tossed around like pawns, like, you got to see them, like, earn their place in this army. I thought that was, like you said, very interesting and new. Yeah, and, and like you said before, it humanizes them. Yeah, so I enjoyed it. And Rookies I thought was cool because you got to see Cody and Rex do their thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think the perspective we get, like you said, in cadets is a bit more interesting. Man, they really blew up that whole base, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was like a power move. <laughs> I don't know if he got the okay to do that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, Obi-Wan makes a comment on it, you know, like, Rex is Anakin's guy. And Anakin doesn't listen. So Rex does his own thing, you know? So is Rex, like, in the five, uh, 501st? Is that, like... Like, are we going to see that? Like, is, I don't understand. That's like, the impression I got. Yeah. But is Cody in charge of the 501st? No, because, no, no. Maybe. Is he? I don't know. I don't think so, because I'm pretty sure the 501st is Anakin's legion of, okay. of clone troopers. And, like, the 501st is, like, on Coruscant when he enters the Jedi Temple at the end in the middle of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Like, mm-hmm. that's the 501st behind him. So, yeah, I'm assuming Rex is in charge of it then. Yeah. And then we get uh, Fives and Echo at the end of that episode joining the ranks. Yeah. as I don't know if that's actually the 501st. Mm-hmm. So. It's cool, though. I like seeing, because I've heard that term, bef- or that rank before, that platoon, squadron, mm-hmm. whatever. So it's cool seeing, like, a story behind them now instead of just a title. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, Cloak of Darkness, the first Jedi-centric episode. Yeah, this is the one with, like, Luminara, right? Yes, and uh, it's her and Ahsoka transporting Newt Gunray, a significantly less racist portrayal of Newt Gunray. Thank God. Um, Off of, where were they? Cato Nemoya? Yeah, I think so, maybe. That's like their home planet. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this one? I Like, the ending was just kind of like, all right, why did I watch that episode? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, next to this one, I wrote down, it's fine. Um, I kind of, yeah, I watched it and I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I almost thought about texting Jack. I was going to be like, sure about that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Because, like, what happened? Like, we saw they had new gun ray, and then he got taken away. Yeah, and that, like, that that guard was, like, a turncoat. Yeah, but he died at the end. Yeah, because what, does Ventress kill him? Yes, because she wants the credit from the Count. Right. Not this guy he hired. Uh, also probably saving the Count some money, you know? He's got to buy those nice capes. Because he just tosses them around, you know? In that movie, he just, like, flew it aside. Yeah. The, the winds of Tatooine. I mean, and also those, like, I don't know what kind of spaceship he's got, but it's got, like, uh, he, like, glides, but they're also, like, <laughs> solar, solar panels. panels. Yeah. Those are expensive. Man. Yeah. I have a question for you about Ventress. Th- and this is also kind of going into the uh, discussion about like Ahsoka being Anakin's Padawan, but never addressed in other films. And I think you could probably think about Ventress in the same way the Inquisitors are thought of, but like just tossing out the rule too for the sake of having lightsaber fights in the show. Like what? Definitely. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's any deeper than that. Yeah. I, think they made a sacrifice in terms of story mm-hmm. the rule two thing is really limiting yes it does not do well for franchises <laughs> no it doesn't and like i understand why it exists and everything but like it doesn't make sense that like asajj ventress is this is she even sith like technically i mean they call her an assassin multiple times and i don't, I don't know if she used to be a jedi or what but like it's clear the count trained her she does have very, I guess then it's very Inquisitor-like vibes. Sure. I have another question. I feel like having two lightsabers, you should automatically win any fight you're in. I don't know. Like, well, are you talking about, okay. Because, like, not o- the fact that she's, like, fighting Ahsoka, because, like, we don't know when Ventress started training, you know, because this mo- series takes place smack dab in the middle of a three-year gap we could we could assume i think that she's been she's more trained than ahsoka yeah but like count dooku turned in relatively close proximity to the events of attack of the clones right like up until like at some point from episode one to episode two when anakin was training is when i always thought that dooku shifted so apparently in claudia gray's book master and apprentice Mm -hmm. uh takes place years before the phantom menace like five years i think mm-hmm. and at that point count duke is already defected but he's, is he a sith yet he's left the jedi order okay he's a sith okay but okay as, as as far as i understand i may be wrong on that but like i'm pr- pretty positive that like that book confirms that he's already left the jedi all right um but yeah Regardless, <laughs> I feel like if you have one swing and then they block, while they're blocking, just, like, swipe. Yeah. They you always know? get into the saber locks where she, like, uses both, both of them. Both of them? Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> but nitpick aside, um, I, I like seeing Ahsoka have that, like, rebellious vibe to her, you know, because it fits in with Anakin, like, going against the whole thing that Luminara was saying, like, in the interrogation. Um saw shades of her master you know i was going to ask you about this actually and i wanted to bring it up when we we're talking about the movie uh do, how do you re, how are you responding to anakin and ahsoka like meshing together as as uh like a duality 
I, I like it because I see so many similarities between them as far as like wanting to do things their own way and having an overconfidence, which I'm assuming is going to be integral to her character growth. Mm-hmm. And maybe we see the route that Anakin could have taken if he didn't fall to Sidious. Um, so I enjoy it in the fact that I think it gives some of his qualities in a different way. Yeah, it's interesting that like he has to kind of deal with himself. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I think that and that services his character as well. Yeah, so. I'm I'm sure he will learn things. Yeah, throughout. Mm-hmm. I liked their interaction in the film also when he was talking about Tatooine. Yeah. That was I a good was, moment. I was like low-key expecting him to be like, I hate sand. <laughs> I was coarse too. And rough and gets everywhere. I honestly, I, I thought of, there's a specific line when they're walking at night. Mm-hmm. One of them says something and then I'm like, is he going to say it? <laughs> yeah, he mentions sand. Yeah. And I was like, go do it, do, do it. it. <laughs> but yeah, that was another instance I thought of like the subtlety of like using the medium of animation, I guess, to be subversive in what you're expecting. Because like, he shows some range on his like contemplation about it, Shmi being dead. Yeah, they they do like the weird thing <laughs> when he like mentions Tatooine. They're like approaching Tatooine from the ship. And then the Tuscan Raider. Yeah, the Tuscan Raider. <laughs> That's the transition. The yeah. I love it. Um, any final thoughts on Cloak of Darkness? Is whatever. Uh well did you like the layer of Grievous more? Um, I didn't really care for either of them. Yeah, I think the first two episodes set a tone that I definitely want more of and I'm sure we'll get. And it was cool seeing other members of the Jedi Order mm-hmm. take the spotlight. Yeah. Who were the Jedi in this one? There was like that. Uh, Kit Fisto was one. And then the Mon Calmari. Yeah. And that was cool seeing a Jedi of that race. Definitely cool. But, but yeah, Kit Fisto, right. Yeah. I know his name because of the Lego games. <laughs> oh, no. I, 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 like, the thing is, I feel like we're going to have a problem with this show is because there are just so many characters. Yeah, like, the only ancillar, ancillary characters, ancillary Jedi, that I could name off the top of my head before this show, even, um, Kid Fisto, mm-hmm. Plo Koon, Ail Secura, Mundi, and that's it. Yeah. Luminara Unduli. I was I knew who she was, but I didn't know her name. Yeah. I'm not really yeah. I, I don't want to go through the ones that I can. Yaddle. Sure. They're on the council. Mace. Well, he's more than an ancillary chip. I, I, I know, I know. Um but yeah, this was a Plocoon, did you say that one? Yeah, Plocoon, yep. So uh Layer of Grievous. <laughs> what was that? Plocoon, he dies. Okay. What, you for, for listeners, Mike just blessed himself in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> well, you, I gotta, I gotta give it up for my man. Sure, Plo. Um, but yeah, this episode I thought was also fine. I I watched like past this. Okay, and I gotta say, I kind of forget what happens in this one. It it was definitely I thought the weakest out of the ones we saw because it, at least in the previous one we got more insight on Ahsoka, mm-hmm. who is the new character. Um, rather than like a stand-in Jedi that I would say we get with Kit Fisto. Like, yeah, he's a cool looking guy, but, um, could have been Obi-Wan, you know, 
And I feel like that's we're going to get into those scenarios with the series. But yeah, I, I think the highlight for me this week was definitely the clone episodes. I think the highlight for me this week was the film. Okay, sure. Uh, maybe it's because I've seen the clone episodes before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lair of Grievous uh, episode I thought was particularly striking in its ending. Uh, I just like the message uh, since that uh, that Mon Calamari like Jedi mm-hmm. gets like too amped to fight Grievous, <laughs> yeah. and then like Yoda gives him like hard shade at the end. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I do think the film was a nice introduction too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, solid week. I have three of these five pieces of media listed as very solid <laughs> in my rankings, I guess, because uh, we're not going to be reviewing or scoring them because there's so many episodes. Yeah, I but. would say I would say um, I would say my least favorite of the ones that we watched was Lair of Grievous. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I think I agree. Um, the rest of them. Good, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that wraps this week's Clone Wars discussion. Next week, get ready. <laughs> yeah, next week we are watching season one, episode 11, which is called Dooku Captured, season one, episode 19, Storm Over Ryloth, season one, episode 20, Innocence of Ryloth, season one, episode 21, Liberty on Ryloth. Uh, glad that's a full arc there, yeah, clearly. And season two, episode one, Holocron Heist. Cool. So I am very excited for next week because we got a full three episode arc and a heist. I think the arc, uh, in just terms of our podcast, may service the like like our podcast is probably better served with arcs. That's we, what I was hoping. We can talk more about the deeper for sure connotations. Yeah, I, I was hoping it was going to line up in a way. That's why I'm glad we're doing five a week because it gives the window of like. Three episodes is usually an arc for like an animated twenty minute series like this. So, I would I would also be okay with like if one week like there's an arc, but like the last episodes cut off. Yeah, just throw it on, throw it on so we can. Yeah, the the schedule is going to be very fluid. That's why I recommend checking out the end of the episodes and the Twitter so you can be very on top of what we're watching when. You can follow follow along with us. Yeah, and I'm excited because. New Star Wars. I've heard people say it's some of the best Star Wars, so I'm eager to see it. I'm very excited. So far, so good. Yes. So, I think that's going to do it for our return. Oh, yeah. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would we be Jedi or Sith? I don't know. I, I feel like I couldn't be bad. Right. You know? I'd like to be one of those, like, neutral Jedi. Like yeah. Like the gray Jedi. Yeah. But let's be honest, I'd probably be a Sith. Okay. <laughs> All right, Edgelord Mike, if people want to find you online, where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Mike P. Connors. Very nice. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can follow me at Chris N. Buckley in both places. Um, this show is available on YouTube.com slash JoyClicks for the visual experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> the 4D experience. Yeah. Um, if you just want to listen to us, though, in the car, we're running at the gym. <laughs> Horses are running. <laughs> Yeah, we're running through the woods. You're just running for your life. Doing that uh, that Jedi training course from episode nine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We're on podcast services like Apple Podcasts, 
where if you enjoy the show, rating and subscribing would help. Uh, Spotify, which you can't do that anywhere for some reason. You can't review on Spotify? No. So then how, how do like the, uh, the leaderboards, I don't want to say leaderboards. They are. Well, yeah, I I think it's just by like number of plays, I guess. All right. So, so, uh, you got to do what Justin Bieber asked his fans to do. What did you got? You got to put this podcast on low volume (laughs) and then just repeat it while you sleep. Yeah. So we could just get all the views. Yeah. That's the strategy. Yeah. So, um. We also have a Patreon where you can look for little bonuses and fun things that you can get for just a buck a month. That's a good deal. Yeah. That's going to do it. Uh, Excited to be back. New episodes every Wednesday now. So. Schedule change. Yes. Until then, though. We're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? (laughs) May the force be with you. General Kenobi. (laughs) 